and good evening, everyone, and welcome into the UFC Fight Cards podcast presented by Orange Fire Media. I'm your host, Russ Renault, and we are here live for an instant reaction right after UFC 297. We just saw the end of the main event between the champion Sean Strickland and Drakus Duplessis, so we will get to that result in just a second. We will have all the wrap-up from, from the whole night, and then we'll get into the future cards as we go down the schedule for the UFC for the coming months. So what an exciting night, and I can't wait to get into it. We come from Toronto uh, for UFC 297, and what an awesome night. So uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, and so we'll, we'll go through it the best we can. Um, if you've been here before, we have in the past, we have uh, talked about the fights, of course, uh, wrapped them up. Uh, we used to do that on Sundays, but then we, we started doing instant reactions, and we hope that this is a much better format that we can do this on Saturday nights after the events and that uh, gives a little bit more uh, immediacy, some more content, just getting it right into it and not thinking about it too much. Um, so you saw at the top of the show, I just want to point that out. Um, why do I have a Daniel Cormier and Steve Miacic uh, Octagon Canvas cards out right now? Well, I will tell you and I will... It is the sixth anniversary. I went to UFC 220 in Boston, January 20th of 2018. And you can see that main event poster. Let me get out of the way. Uh, so that main event, Stipe Miocic, Francis Ngannou. Uh, Stipe controlled that on the ground uh, for most of the fight and won that fight. Uh, and then you see Daniel Cormier defended his light heavyweight championship against Vulcan Ozdemir. And that set up the super fight between Cormier and Miocic. For the heavyweight title and obviously DC went on to win uh, the heavyweight championship become a double champ and so history uh, you know started right there so I was, I was ha really happy to be part of that and see that uh, great night in Boston six years ago so we just wanted to pay homage to that real quick so you can see those there I, I ended up getting those octagon canvas cards from UFC 220 of Stipe and DC so uh, pretty cool night and so just want to kick that the show off that way. Uh, if you are new to the show, uh, please subscribe. You know, we want to make this bigger and bigger every week. And we hope that, that coming in, into you right after the fight really helps out. So let's get right into it. I don't want to waste any more time because it's pretty late here. Um, you know, Saturday night and Sunday morning for a lot of places, including here in Houston, Texas. So let's get right to it. So I said champion Sean Strickland. That would be now, it, spoiler alert. So if you don't want to know the results, don't go any further. So anyway, former champion Sean Strickland, as he loses a split decision to Drakus Duplessis. All the scorecards were 48-47. One for Strickland, two for Duplessis. And uh, just a wild fight. Um, mostly on the feet. Uh, Duplessis tried to take it to the ground a few times. Uh, Strickland did a pretty good job of defending those takedowns. But a couple of those may have swung uh, some of those rounds, which all five uh, you could find probably uh, a reason to take you know those rounds for either fighter. And that's why it ended up the way it did. So, uh, so Dragus Duplessis. Your new middleweight champion of the world. Um, I, I thought, you know, obviously Strickland won the first round. I think everybody can kind of give him that. But um, 
The rest of them, I don't know, probably three and four. Duplessis, uh, pretty uh, substantially, but two and five could go either way. Um, and obviously, Duplessis took the majority of those on the scorecards. I haven't seen them yet. If you look at the stats, which the judges don't see, Strickland had a huge advantage as far as striking goes. And let me take a look at this real quick. So if we look at this, the fight stats, uh, Strickland on total strikes, uh, 154 out of 403. Duplessis, 116 out of uh, 361. Significant strikes. Uh, Strickland, 143, 114. And to the head, 125 to 78. Um, you saw the big welt under the left eye of Drakus Duplessis. Um, early on, that came in the second round, I believe. That kind of started to swell up. Uh, but then the third, you had the cut opened on the eye of Sean Strickland. And so damage, there's plenty of damage to go around. This was a great fight. And I think we will see these two fight again sometime down the road. Um, so now that we've gotten through the result, we're not going to get into all the technical stuff and breakdown of what happened in the fight. That's not what we do here. Uh, we kind of look down the road, look in the future a little bit because we leave that up to, um, the people who, who are in the octagon all the time and kind of train for this stuff, but we'll leave that to the other podcasts to do that. So looking down the road, obviously Drake's Duplessis would like to face Israel Adesanya for this middleweight title. Uh, they have some unfinished business that they have never gotten to take care of in the octagon. So uh, this would be a perfect place to do that. So you're looking four or five months down the road, see if Izzy can, you know, get things together, you know, get things uh, sorted out, get, get the time off that he wanted, uh, and come back and face Duplessis for the title. Um, I saw a tweet, you know, pop up on the UFC broadcast that, uh, you know, Hamza Chmaev, Wants to get in there, but I think rather than Hamzat, I think you'd have to, if Izzy's not ready to go and not ready for, you know, to take on Duplessis at this time, I think you just run it back with Strickland because this, this was a tremendous fight. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, that, that would be my guess. My, my personal preference would be Adesanya 1, uh, Strickland 2, and if you had to, Chimaev would be three. Um, th that's what I would want to see because I just don't think Chimaev's earned that yet. Um, I know a lot of people love him for whatever reason. Um, I, I don't think he's proved anything in the octagon yet. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't see a a huge reason to put him in there against the champion yet. Um, he needs to prove it. So if Chimaev wants to fight Strickland now and you have a number one contender fight. I, I'm down for that too, um, but it's either Duplessis and Adesanya or Duplessis and, and Strickland too. So that's enough about the main event because, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty late, so we're going to do quicker shows as we go along. Um, so we get to the vacant women's bantamweight title. And so obviously after Amanda Nunes retired, that leaving the bantamweight championship vacant, uh, she didn't get to run that back with Juliana Pena. So we had uh, the number two and three ranked contenders, Raquel Pennington and Mayra Bueno Silva. So uh, first round, uh, Bueno Silva looked great. Um, had talked all the talk 
and it was kind of going her way in that first round. But rounds two through five were a different story, and Raquel Pennington dominated rounds two through five. Uh, and, and she uh, started, you know, getting the distance in round two, started using the jab, started getting some strikes in, and then kind of three through five just controlled uh, Buena Silva on the ground and took care of business. And so we have a new women's bandweight champion, and that is Raquel Pennington. Uh, so obviously the next thing up for Pennington is going to be Juliana Pena, who after this long layoff, she was supposed to fight Nunez in last June in Canada for the, the title to complete that trilogy. That didn't happen. And so now we should see, I mean, after almost a year off, what we thought was a, a rib injury at first with what we've heard, but Pena kind of keeping things under the vest, doesn't want that injury to get out there, what she's actually dealing with, uh, so that opponents can't take advantage of that and kind of target that. But uh, you would think that that's healed up at this time, and so we'll get Pena and Pennington uh, here sometime down the road. Big surprise in the uh, third fight of the night, you know, as the card goes down, as we go down from the top. And, I mean, Mike Millat, you know, he was – Huge welterweight contender, just shooting up the the ranks and really getting a lot of attention. And he was in control of this fight. The first two rounds obviously went to him. It wasn't even close. And then just made a huge mistake in the third round. And Neil Magny took advantage. And uh, Neil Magny won the top 15 ranked welterweights in the world. And just went to the ground and pound and ended up finishing off Mike Malott with about, you know, 17 seconds left. And all Mike Malott had to do was last that last 20 seconds and he would have won the fight. And it couldn't get up off the mat. And Neil Magny with a huge win. Um, and, and Mike Malott, a, de- a devastating loss for him. But it, it's early. It's early for Mike Malott. I think he'll bounce back. I like him a lot. And so I think he'll be back and kind of rebound from it, learn from this. Uh, So uh, we've seen some of these uh, hot rookies from the the 2023 trading card products. You know, uh, Fakradinov, you know, he he had a a big mistake his last time out. um, Cost him. and, And so... You're seeing a learning process, and but these guys are good. And I think that they'll learn from these, facing these veterans, that you just can't you can't let off the gas at any point. And Mike Millot paid the price tonight, and that was a huge shocker for me because I just thought that was the uh, most you know, lockdown uh, bet. Uh, if you were putting money on fights, I, I would have bet Mike Millot against Neil Magny all day long. And that's why I don't, because I would have been completely wrong. What I would have been right about was the people who I want to win the main events. I'm still, I'm still golden. I want Sean Strickland to win this one, and Drake Stu plus C1. So whoever I want to win the main event, take the other person. You're going to be in great shape. So let's go down and finish off the main card. And we had another middleweight matchup, a teammate of Sean Strickland, who ends up with a victory. Number 14, Chris Curtis getting a win over Marc-Andre Barriot. 
with a split decision. So Chris Curtis looked looked pretty good. It's a pretty decent fight. Um, then we got a unanimous decision. Another kind of a shocker here in the featherweight division. Kind of shakes things up a lot as Mozart Evloev defeating number three Arnold Allen by a unanimous decision. And so Evloev uh, is going to shoot up there in the rankings. And you would think that um, Evloev now poises himself to get the winner between Alexander Volkanovsky and Ilya Tapuria because you know Volk's not getting another shot at Makachev anytime soon. So Volk's just going to have to get it done in the featherweight division from now on. So uh, for the near future anyway. And so I think the winner of this match is going to get the winner of Tapuria and Volkanovsky. And we'll talk about that one in a little bit. But um, that that's kind of setting up that that's going to be Volk's next contest would be Evloev. So we go down the rest of the card. Let's just round that one out. Garrett Armfield with a unanimous decision over Brad Katona. Uh, Sean Woodson with a split decision over Charles Jordan. Uh, Ramon Tavares getting a split decision over Serhi Saidi. Uh, TKO in the second round. We got finishes on the first four fights of the night. Jillian Robertson defeating Pollyanna Viana. Um, I thought Viana was going to win this one. Um, just hadn't seen it from Jillian Robertson lately, but you know she doesn't have the the most finishes in the strawweight division for nothing, and so tied for the second most, I believe. She has the most submissions um, and gets the TKO here. Uh, Sam Patterson with with a submission win in the first round over Johan Lanes. Um, and uh, we'll talk about the last two because these are big um, as, as far as um, as far as the show goes, um, just some things to talk about, some big stats from this one. Uh, Jasmine Jesuda Vicius uh, defeating Priscilla Cochera uh, in the women's flyweight division with a submission in the third round. This one looked like it was going to the scorecards because Jesuda Vicius could not put her away, um, but finally did. With a few with a few seconds left, um, but this what set a record for the biggest strike differential in women's UFC history. So there was a 300 strike differential. Let me bring up those stats for you. Read them off to you. So we go to ended up being an Anaconda choke with 49 seconds left. Excuse me, 39 seconds left. Um, but listen to this. Total strikes for Jasudia Vicius, 326 out of 398. That's a huge percentage. Uh, it's huge volume, huge percentage. Uh, total strikes for uh, Koshera, um 26. 326 to 26 in total strikes. So the biggest differential in women's UFC history. Um, also... As we go, we'll talk about a significant stat from the first fight of the night. A huge, huge decision for, or a huge result for the show as we go to Jimmy the Brick Flick. Uh, we appreciate Jimmy. He bought a card from us uh, a few months ago and, you know, just gracious enough to 
sign a card for us and send it back. And so we appreciate Jimmy, big fan of his. And so it was a big night for him. As Jimmy ends up with a submission in the second round over Malcolm Gordon in the flyweight division. And the big thing about this one, let me read this stat off to you. This is the biggest comeback in UFC history because he had the biggest significant strike differential to come back and win a fight. So so Malcolm Gordon had 37 significant strikes. Jimmy Flick had three. So minus 34 significant strike differential. And Jimmy Flick ends up getting the arm triangle, 117 into the second round, and finishes off Malcolm Gordon for the win. Uh, So big night for Jimmy Flick. We're happy about that, of course. And moving on. So on to the next one for, for the brick. And we couldn't be happier for that. So that was UFC 297. And that is our instant reaction to it. And so we'll kind of go down the rest of the schedule, tell you about the new fights that have been added this week and how some of these results from tonight play into that. So we go to uh, two weeks from now. So we uh, will be off next weekend. So we won't have a show next weekend. We'll just pick it up uh, on February 3rd uh, for a fight night from the Apex in Las Vegas, back-to-back Apex cards. Uh, Roman Dolidze against Nasruddin Amavov in the middleweight division, number 7 against number 11. And we've got another top 15 matchup in the lightweight division. Number 13, Renato Moicano against number 15, Drew Dober. So th- those two should be really good fights for those dif- divisions to just kind of separate from each other. If you have any comments you want to leave, if you have any questions, uh, anything you want to add, go ahead and leave it there in the comments. I'll see it. Uh, we go down that card a little bit more. Randy Brown, Muslim Salikov. We've still got a Randy Brown autograph card, and we'll kind of show uh, a little bit of what we have here in a little bit we're kind of moving some more stuff uh just sold uh, our juliana pena a lot uh during tonight's card so uh we had um we had a 30th anniversary from don russ and four autographed juliana pena cards and we were able to move those tonight so that, that's a good night so appreciate that um let's go down the rest of the card i think we talked about everything on this one uh nothing really added to this february 3rd fight night card but then we go to fight night on february 10th also from the apex middleweight division number 10 jack hermanson against joe pfeiffer uh, we talked last week about joe pfeiffer breaking francis Ngannou's uh, record for the hardest punch on the machine at the ape at the uh at the uh training in- institute so um so yeah, looking forward to, to that one. Uh, we've got another top 15 matchup in the featherweight division. Dan Ige against LaRon Murphy, number 13 against number 15. Let's see if anything new, nothing new added to that one. Then we get to UFC 298, February 17th in Anaheim. And that is what we were talking about earlier. Alexander Volkanovsky against Ilya Tapuria for the featherweight championship of the world. And so Volk just trying to clean out this division uh, again. And so the winner of that matchup, you know, looks like 
they will be getting uh, Evloev, I would believe, after this one. So then we go to a welterweight matchup in the co-main. Number 8, Jeff Neal against number 10, Ian Machado-Gary. A lot of build-up for that one. Been looking forward to this one. Uh, Machado-Gary was sick. Um, I believe it, 290. This is supposed to be on UFC 296. Had to be pushed back. And so I uh, look forward to that. Bantamweight division, number 2, Marab Devalishvili against number 3, Henry Cejudo. So the winner of this one is obviously going to get the winner of Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera. And middleweight division, number 15, Anthony Hernandez against Ikram Alaskarov. And we had a change this week. So Tatiana Suarez had to pull out of this women's strawweight matchup against Amanda Lamosh. So Amanda Lamos, number four, she will be taking on number eight, Mackenzie Dern now. So uh, really looking forward to this one and hoping Tatiana Suarez uh, can get healthy and get back soon. Um, heavyweight matchup, number 14, Marcos Rogerio de Lima against Justin Taffa. And that card's pretty much the same as it has been. Um, you know, starting off that, well, it's not the starting fight. It's not going to be the starting fight. Still got a few fights to, to add to this card, but number 14, Andrea Lee against Miranda Maverick. And Miranda Maverick, uh, she drops in on one of the card groups that, that we're a part of, UFC Sports Cards, and she helps out Kevin Fernandez with those breaks. And so it's cool to see some of the fighters get involved, like Jimmy Flick and Miranda Maverick, and uh, Sean Brady's dad, James, is in, is in the group. And so it's cool to see... Uh, fighters collecting their own cards or, or their families and it's really awesome to get behind them because uh, it's really a great community to be part of uh, Max Griffin's in there and there's probably a bunch of others that I don't know about yet but they're in there um, so then we get to a big fight night February 24th in Mexico City and number one flyweight contender former champion Brandon Moreno against number three Brandon Royval and the featherweight matchup following that could be the main event. Uh, number two, Yair Rodriguez against number three, Brian Ortega. Rematch uh, from when Ortega was stopped after um, separating shoulder. Then we go down the rest of the card. Uh, Raul, Raul Rosas Jr. taking on Ricky Tercios is on this card. And uh, really nothing new added to that one. It's interesting sometimes the UFC paints itself into a corner. Uh, at certain points of the year, uh, it happened um, with the the fight in Abu, the card in October in Abu Dhabi, and now it's kind of happening now with Saudi Arabia. We've still got two months to go, but March second in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, fight night card, and nothing is on this card yet. Um, two months out, and nobody knows anything about it. So. Uh, you kind of get painted into a corner because you're trying to build up this UFC 299 card, which is phenomenal. Um, and UFC 300, you want to be phenomenal, but it's missing a main event right now. The rest of the card is great, but if you don't have a great main event, then it's just another pay-per-view. So you don't want UFC 300 to just be another pay-per-view, and we'll talk about what the options are um, for that. Uh, so we get to UFC 299 after that, March 9th in Miami, and obviously we've got 
the Bantamweight Championship of the World on the line with Sean O'Malley taking on Cheeto Vera. Uh, the rematch, the only loss of O'Malley's career. And like we said, the, the winner of this fight is going to get the winner of Duvalishvili and Cejudo, you would think. And then we got a co-main event in the lightweight division, number three Dustin Poirier against Benoit Saint-Denis. And a welterweight matchup, number four Gilbert Burns, number 11 Jack Della Maddalena. Uh, we've got a, a couple of autographs left of Jack Della Maddalena. Um, welterweight division, Kevin Holland, Michael Page, Curtis Blades, Jowtel, and Almeida in the heavyweight division. That one could probably be moved up in my eyes because I'm a big heavyweight fan. Um, women's flyweight, Caitlin Chukagian against Macy Barber. Uh, lightweight division, Matush Gamrot, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, Piotr Jan, Song Yadong. We're like eight fights into this card, and, and we've got a top seven matchup between Piotr Jan and Song Yadong. So, uh, Bantamweight matchup also, Pedro Munoz and Kyler Phillips. Um, just a phenomenal card. So, I uh, really look forward to UFC 299, and we are still, jury's still out on UFC 300. Um, so the other fight nights that we have from the Apex, March 16th, heavyweight division, number nine, Tai Tuivasa against number 10, Marcin Tibura. And March 23rd, we've got a women's flyweight matchup between number nine, Amanda Hibas, and the former uh, strawweight champion, Rose Namajunas. That is the main event. Then we get to fight night March 30th in Atlantic City, and this is a big deal. Uh, welterweight division, number seven, Sean Brady. Uh, talked about him being part, his dad being part of uh, the groups that we're in. Uh, he's taking on number nine, Vicente Luque. And the big one uh, in this one, and this could be on a pay-per-view, uh, women's flyweight division, number two, Aaron Blanchfield against number three, Manon Furo. So uh, whoever wins that one will be fighting for the flyweight title between the, the winner of Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko whenever that happens. So uh, looking forward to, to that one. Um, just thank Aaron Blanchfield. It's just a matter of time before she is a champion in the UFC. And I think that will happen in 2024. So then the other fight on that Atlantic City card that's scheduled is Chris Weidman returning to the ring against Bruno Silva in the middleweight division. So then we get to fight night from the Apex on April 6th. And number five, Marvin Vittori against number eight, Brendan Allen, middleweight matchup. And then finally, we get to the last scheduled event that we have any information on is UFC 300 April 13th from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. So we have a main event that's yet to be determined. So let's go down the fights that we do know about, and we'll come back and talk about what could happen in the main event. So we know the co-main event, the women's strawweight matchup, uh, really uh, ant highly anticipated fight between the two women's Chinese fighters, uh, the champion Zhang Wei Li, and a top five contender in Yan Xiaonan. And they said they wanted this fight to happen in China. Uh, the UFC had had an event scheduled for China that had to move it um, to the Apex, so that didn't happen. And so they're gonna be fighting at 
UFC 300 instead. A huge fight added this week to this card, making it even better. Uh, we've got a lightweight matchup between the second-ranked contender, Justin Gagey, but we've got him facing the number one featherweight contender in Max Holloway, the former featherweight champion. So a great matchup there as Holloway moving up. And then we've got a lightweight matchup, number one contender match between Charles Oliveira, number one contender against number four, Armin Saryukian. The winner of that will face Islam Makachev, you know, after Ramadan is over and after he's ready to go. Got a light heavyweight matchup in the top five. Number two, Yuri Prochka. Number five, Alexander Rakic. And number seven, Calvin Cater against number one, Aljamain Sterling. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, number one contender in the Bantamweight division, moving up to featherweight to face Calvin Cater. Um, Bo Nichols on this card, returning to ac- action against Cody Brundage. Um, Bantamweight matchup between number eight, Davison Figueredo and the former Bantamweight champion, Cody Garbrandt, and a big fight added this week. So Jim Miller will be part of UFC 100, UFC 200, and now UFC 300. He'll be facing Bobby Green in the lightweight matchup, and that's all we have on the UFC schedule. So let's talk about the main event options for UFC 300. What I said last week I think still stands. I think you're your front runner for this is the welterweight championship of the world, Leon Edwards against Bilal Muhammad. So um, I believe that's what's going to end up happening. And the only other plausible thing that could happen just kind of came out of nowhere this week uh, as they went back and forth on social media. You could have a heavyweight interim title matchup between Tom Aspinall and the light heavyweight champion Alex Pereira. So I don't know if you've watched the show at all. You know I'm a huge Tom Aspinall fan. I don't even want to see that fight. Um, I I just don't see it from Pereira right now. I think Aspinall would would make this look really really easy and would kind of hurt the stock of Alex Pereira. And I'd kind of like to, for both of their stocks to stay high. Um, So I I really want to see Leon and Bilal um, rather than Tom Aspinall, Alex Pereira matchup, because that's really all you're left with. Um, The only title fight you have is Zhang Weili and Yan Shanaan. You can't, you don't want to put Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko on there. you just, you just can't do it. And there's just nothing big enough to fill that slot. And so that that is what we're going to be left with is Leon and Bilal. And so that that's that. That is, that is what is there. Unless you just pull the rabbit out of the hat and McGregor and Chandler are ready to go for UFC 300. That's the only thing that, that would be bigger than that. And... Um, yeah, so there you go. That's your options for UFC 300 is, is that, is that's all you have. Um, so there we go. That is our instant reaction to UFC 297. Uh, so let's get into a little bit of what, um, second half of the show, 
So we used to open boxes, hobby boxes of UFC cards, and we kind of pivoted from that because, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, so we had to make the decision as the licensing changing over from Panini to Tops, and and Fanatics now owns Tops. I kind of do things a little differently, and so the big breakers with all the money and all the clout they're going to get top priority on products so um and you're going to have to pay a premium to you know get products at all um as a breaker and we never intended to be a break show which we weren't we never sold spots on our show we just opened cards and you could buy whatever you wanted to on the show so with that changing over to fanatics and tops um kind of put us in a bind um, so for now, we're not going to be opening new boxes, but we'll still show cards that we have, and we'll talk about uh, cards and the new rookies coming out. And so we know that Immaculate came out um, in the past couple of weeks, and people have been opening that and um, have mixed reviews on that product. Is uh, Panini is just trying to get stuff out the door, and you know people are just kind of mixed on that. Uh, quality control some sticker autos they didn't really like but some some things they did like like the booklets you know those are going to go for a lot with like 12 autographs in there so um, that's why uh, we kind of changed our focus and so hopefully we get uh, just going going with these instant reactions and that you enjoy those and they're a little more timely and you just don't want to go to bed yet and you want to hear more about the fights um, than uh, what you're going to hear on mainstream media. So hopefully this place you can come right after the fight and hear some reaction to it and what it means going forward. So um, so we'll show these again. Uh, DC, Stipe, appreciate that. Great memory from six years ago. Um, kind of holding on to our big dog still. Uh, this is our Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, absolute memorabilia it's numbered to 49 so you got a triple relic auto of Habib and so that's a big one that we're holding on to right now so I just wanted to show that one we also have a slab Michael Chandler so this is 20, 2022 Panini Chronicles of Flux Gold that's numbered to 10 so it's number four of ten and this one slabbed nine on the card and ten the grade on the autograph so uh, we've got another Michael Chandler autograph so um, pretty good little Michael Chandler lot if you're interested um, see what else we got we got an auto here that we, redemption that we sent in they didn't send us the card that we were supposed to get but we Ended up a little bit better because this one is in a Panini holder that we have not broken, obviously. So BJ Penn, Legendary Signatures. So um, we still got that. We're also still waiting on an Israel Adesanya Redemption Auto. So we're waiting to, to get that one in. And all of our stuff is listed on eBay. You can find us in our ebay store it's called orange fire lots of lots and you can just find lots of cards um you'll, you'll usually see a card listed um but 
if it's not a rookie, then with more veteran fighters, whatever I have of that fighter, you're going to get. So I'm going to send that along with it. You could get a color from Prism or Donruss. You could end up with something extra in there. So it's kind of worth it to, to pick those up. And we have a few sets of Donruss left. We have, I think we have five left. And um, we have one set, one complete set of Prism, one, and we have five complete sets of Donruss, one through 200. Um, if you buy a set of Donruss or Prism, you can buy anything else, and I will put it in the shipping for free. You can get anything else. You can buy 10 more lots on there of cards, and I will put all of them in there for free because I've got room in there, and you know we'll just combine the shipping and send it off to you so uh, take advantage of that if you can go in there and look and see what's in there there's some good stuff in there um, like i said there's two jack della madalena autos uh, i haven't listed habib yet that's not in there yet because um, we're waiting kind of waiting on a octagon side uh, tie-dye to come back from um, it's kind of a damaged card situation and we're kind of waiting on that that's why the habib is not listed yet but almost everything we have is listed. There's just a few lots that I'm holding on to, just kind of um, waiting for a card to come back to, to put that in there with it. But uh, pretty much everything's in there. Um, ask me about anything else you're looking for, and hopefully we can help you find it. So these incident reaction shows are going to be a little bit shorter. Obviously, it's getting a little bit later, 120 here in Houston. But a great night from UFC 297. Got a new middleweight champion of the world, Nadrakis Duplessis. Got a new women's bandweight champion of the world, and Raquel Pennington. So big things coming up in those two divisions as they start moving along again. Um, so thanks everybody for joining us here. And if you're joining us later, uh, if you just happen to, to be uh, listening to the show, looking for some. Uh, UFC content from UFC 297. We hope that you stopped here and enjoyed yourself. Uh, drop me a note. I'm really easy to reach. You can email me directly, russ at orange-fire.com. You can find me on social media, um, on X and Instagram uh, and Facebook, Orange Fire Media, or Russ Renault, R-E-N-E-A-U. So thanks a lot for staying up and joining us for this UFC 297 live reaction. I'm Russ Renault, and this has been the UFC Fight Cards podcast presented by Orange Fire Media, and we will be back next week. Or actually, we'll be off next week because we don't have an event, but we'll be back on February 3rd after fight night from the Apex in Las Vegas between Roman Dolize and Nasruddin Mavov. We will be back then, and we will see you then. So enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will see you next time right here on the UFC Fight Cards Podcast, presented by Orange Fire Media.